you will take your Bibles this morning and turn to the chapter that we generally, generally refer to as the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, message entitled this morning, The Celebration of Christmas, Luke chapter 2. For many years, one of my favorite songs of all time, of Christian songs of all time uh, uh, that I know of, is a song that I used to begin every Christmas season with. It's called, Come On, Ring Those Bells. Uh, I love that song because the second verse says, celebrations come because of something good. There are celebrations we love to recall. Mary had a baby boy in Bethlehem greatest celebration of them all. Christmas should be a celebration. And this morning, as we take a few minutes to think about the celebration of Christmas, I want to, I want to take it and, and look at it through the Christmas story and see if we can lift some ways to celebrate and some reasons to celebrate. If you will, if you're able, stand to honor the reading of God's Word. We'll begin in verse 1 of chapter 2, and we'll read down to verse 20. In those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. That first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be reg registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with his wife, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them at the end. In the same, country, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today a Savior, who is the Messiah, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You'll find the babe wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, it's my prayer that you'll take these words today. And I pray that when you take these words, that you will lance our heart with your word. And where you lance our heart, we pray that you will just inflow your spirit to us. Change our lives in your name. Amen. Most of us know about celebrations, and we love a good party. Hello? Most of us love celebrations, and we love a good party. When I look at this scripture, I am taken, I am taken at the way that these folks celebrated. And I think we can learn some things this morning. So I just want to get to it, and let's lift out of here about how this celebration of Christmas can become our celebration. I want to suggest to you, you can flip on the back of your bulletin if you want to take notes. I want to suggest to you three things that I find in this story that helps us to enjoy and to celebrate this Christmas season. If we are to celebrate this Christmas season, first of all, we might want to sing like the angels. Sing like the angels. You know, when you look back through prophecy and, uh, and biblical account, you know what you come to understand? You come to understand there was a flurry of angelic activity around the time Jesus was born. I mean, if you go back to Matthew and to Luke 1, and you see the visits of the angels to Zechariah and to Joseph and to Mary, you kind of get the sense that there's a bustle among the angels because as they are looking down, as they are looking down, they are looking down and they're seeing God put his plan in and to work, and he is sending his only son, they sense that in this, in this world that is so corrupt and so dark from sin, God's about to do something special. They know that Jesus is coming. He's been prophesied, and now's the time, and God's dispatching Gabriel to go tell them about the uh, coming Messiah. And now it's almost as if this flurry of... You know when I think of a flurry of angels, you know what I'm reminded of? I'm reminded of quail hunting. Men, you've been quail hunting? Yeah. A dog points the bird down, and you step up, and all of a sudden, with a flurry of those wings, they're up in the sky, and they'll scare you to death until you get used to it because it's just, you feel like the whole world's coming, and then you get your birds and everything. Hopefully, you get your birds, and you're gone. But here's what I'll say to you. I see that flurry of angelic activities. The closer they got to the event, the more active they became until finally God said, hey, Gabriel, go down to that. Uh, field and you speak to those shepherds they may be the only ones that listen you tell them what's going on and it's almost as if in my divine imagination that the shepherds got so excited they couldn't leave it for one I mean that the angels got so excited that they couldn't leave it just for one angel so all of a sudden what was supposed to be a one man show turned into a group affair and they're singing and they're singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men let me offer you some reasons that we should sing like the angel. First of all, because we have someone to sing about. We have someone to sing about. You know, it wasn't just anything that got the shepherds excited. It was the promised one. It was the one that was going to bring light into the darkness. It was the one that was going to bring life into lifelessness. It was the one... It was the one for whom they had planned for years. It was Jesus. Say that with me, Jesus. It was the baby 
Jesus. He left heaven, entered earth through the womb of the virgin girl. He stepped over the banister of heaven, came all the way down to earth, and he became smaller and smaller and smaller until he impregnated a little baby girl, and then he was born as a baby into this world. We have some, they had someone to sing about. We have someone to sing about. This Jesus, this Jesus is the one that came to give us life, that came to give us help, that came to get, get us through whatever struggles we are. Folks, I know this Christmas season that we're in, if it weren't for so many, um, I don't want to get political, but if it weren't for so many government giveaways, we would be in a worse depression now than we were in the 30s. I understand it's bad, but listen, even when the finances fall apart, even when the government falls apart, Jesus will never fall apart. We have someone to sing about. You want a reason to sing? Get connected to Jesus. But not only do we have someone to sing about, second thing they had and we have, they had a message to tell. A message to tell. Now, a lot of us think that everybody knows this message. In fact, most of us in America think, into the church in America, we think everybody knows this message. But I challenge you, we saw that international video video on international missions asking, are we there yet? Have we told every soul? Listen, America is like the third or fourth largest lost nation in the world. We now live in a nation and have elected as a leader someone who tells us we can be offended. I don't like it. But he is probably more right than we want to own up to that we are no longer a Christian nation. Do we want to be? You betcha. But we can't be with, the, with, with God's people asleep at the wheel. We have someone to sing about, and we have a message to sing about. Here it is. Here's the message. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve sinned. And because of their sin, we're all infected with the same disease. Now, here's the issue. Our disease of sin is terminal. It's terminal. Just as surely as a myriad of physical diseases we could mention today, left untreated, left unchecked, are terminal. When, you're in, when we live in sin outside of Christ, there is no hope. And the only way to be forgiven from our sin is with blood. You need a blood transfusion. Old Testament, they sacrificed animals. Jesus came. And when this baby came, he came and he gave his life. He became the ultimate sacrifice and he shed his blood for you and me that we no longer have to walk in darkness. We can now walk in light. We no longer have to walk in death. Now we can walk in life. And it is only, please listen, attending a church service, being a part of the church family will not get you into heaven. Oh, yeah, it's a part of the Christian life. But it will not get you into heaven. It is only when you are nudged by the Holy Spirit. And he begins to tell you, you know what that preacher's telling you is right. You have sin in your heart. You have unconfessed sin. You don't have a relationship with God through his son. But then 
when you ask, what must I do to be saved? It's like they said in that Philippian jail, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like Paul wrote to the Romans. Believe, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. And when we believe that, we invite him into our lives. And he becomes our constant companion. He forgives us of our sin. He orders our steps. And we never have to go alone. Even if it's in the middle of a depression or a recession. You see, we have a message to tell and here's the last thing I'll say to you. It's because people, we have a people that need to know. We have a people who need to know. There are folks in this town that do not have a clue about Jesus. There may be folks in this service. You see, if we're going to sing like the angels, we need to, we need to sing out a song. That folks can hear. And some of you go, whoa, Brother Jerry. Sure did like that choir singing. Love to hear Dana sing and our other soloists sing. But <clears throat> singing is not for me. You do understand that the singing like the angels is not necessarily about a musical expression. For instance, crimes committed. They arrest a perpetrator or his accomplice. They get him into the interrogation room. He breaks. And when they come out, what do they say? They say, he's singing like a bird. You know, that's what we're supposed to do is sing like a bird. And those birds can be angels. That means that we're to tell what we know. Tell what we've experienced, as we'll see in just a second, just like the shepherds did. The reason we sing like an angel, the reason it becomes a celebration is because, it's because we have a person to sing about. We have someone to sing about. We have a message to tell, and we have a people that need to know. But also, we need to see like the parents. We need to see like the parents. Have you ever thought about Christmas from the standpoint of Joseph? In fact, a lot of us have not, and I'm, when I end the message in a second, I'm going to come back and bring you to the standpoint of Joseph. But have you ever thought about it from the standpoint of Joseph or the standpoint of Mary? I mean, here you're talking about a 13, 14-year-old little girl. And if you, if you look back in, this is something, you look back in Luke 1 and uh, verse 16, six-month angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And watch this. The angel came up to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Watch this. But she was deeply troubled by this statement. Wonder why she was deeply troubled. Was she deeply troubled because an angel was talking to her? Or was she deeply troubled because she might have suspected God was about to do something? And we all, be honest, we all get nervous when God tries to do something with our lives. An angel said in, in, some, in summation form, the angel said, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, whoops, time out. I cannot be pregnant because I have not done what it takes to get pregnant. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Do I need to spell that out anymore for anybody? I've not done. And he says, look, 
The angel says, I understand, but here's the truth. That which is conceived in you comes from God himself. I love this response. And then you see it down in verse 18, and this is what she says. She doesn't say, I'm happy about it. She said, bring it on. She doesn't say all those things. You know what she says? I am the Lord's servant. My translation says, I am the Lord's slave. Can I just give it to you in good old Alabama, Mississippi talk? She says, I'm the Lord's. He can do with me as he will. It was this morning when, I, when that statement jumped out at me like it did as I was doing my last studies. I am the Lord's. And I wonder, and I wonder if therein lies our problem today. We're so busy being ourselves that we can't be his. We're so busy controlling our own lives and our own destinies that we can't turn it over to him. You want a reason to celebrate? It's when we say, hey, I'm yours, Lord. You want me in Hueytown today? And you want me in Alaska tomorrow? And you want me in Russia the next day? You work it out. I'm yours. I don't know about you, but that pricked my heart. You see, she saw it from a different vantage point altogether because she knew God was totally in control suggest you three things that her and Joseph saw in a very personal way. First of all, they saw God's plan unfold. I think about Mary, 13, 14 years old. She finds out she's pregnant. And even when the angel went away, what was in her mind? What would Joseph say? See, she's already engaged to a much older man. What's Joseph going to say? Is my family going to disown me? What are my friends going to say? Because they don't understand. And yet, she took, and I think, I think one of the indicators of her questions is that she immediately went down to Elizabeth because she had been told that Aunt Elizabeth was having a baby. And Aunt Elizabeth was, excuse me, ladies, was well along in age. Did I do that good? Aunt Elizabeth was well along in years. And she was pregnant. And Mary goes down there and and gets the affirmation from Elizabeth that that which is in her is the Lord. And Mary leaves that experience and she sings, My soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You see, she saw God's plan unfold from a totally different perspective. If there was anyone that knew she was a virgin, she did. If there was anyone that knew he wasn't a dad, Joseph did. So it's all in God's hands. And they lived that experience for those nine months. Can you imagine seeing it, God's plan unfolding like that? Something you knew was miraculous? What a reason to celebrate. God is in control. The second thing they saw that I'll suggest to you and I that we want to see is see God's provision. See God's provision. When you think of the world 
that we're on our way down and out. Isaiah said, people walk in darkness. And those people who walk in darkness, man, it's time for them to see a great light. They're sacrificing animals. And, and the prophet said, behold, a virgin will bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. And you know what Jesus means? God, God saves. You see, the provision came from God because he was the father. And then you move and you think of the other things that they saw. Go ahead, Cameron. God's promise, God's presence. I'd love to have been in that room that night. I'd love to have been in that barn that night. Because can you imagine what it was giving birth to God's son? Please listen. All through the Old Testament, when God showed up, the Spirit came upon someone like with Samson. The Spirit came upon him. Like Joshua, the Spirit came upon him. We can go on. The people in the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon them. And the Old Testament concept, God was far away. And now, here God was in the flesh. The word Emmanuel means God with us. While Jesus walked on earth, he was God with us. When he went back, nice, in his Holy Spirit. So we don't ever have to sit, think about God being a long way off. He's now here. Think about it. Those parents were the first one to experience God's presence in this way. A lot of firsts in the Bible. Did you ever think about it? A lot of firsts in the Bible. I was doing some, I'm doing some study from the first 11 chapters of Genesis. I was reading yesterday. The, um, the curses God put on the serpent, the uh, woman, and the man. God always sees who made the mistake. But the first one to sin was, was the woman. She was not named Eve yet, but she was just called the woman. And she, she sinned because she didn't listen to God. Adam was the second one to sin because he did what his wife told him to instead of what God told him to. If you can move on through the Bible, you find Enoch's the first one not to see death. You can find Saul of Tarsus, the first one that really gets slapped down off his horse to be saved. I mean, you can find first all through the Bible. But can you imagine what it was like to be the first one to see the Lord? Today, we're not first. But if we see like, the, see like the parents, you know, we find out that Jesus coming is God coming in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. We don't have to now think of God out there. We can think of God in here. If we're going to have a celebration of Christmas, we need to sing like the angels. We need to see like the parents. And we need, number three, to share like the shepherds. To share like the shepherds. I spent a lot of time thinking about those shepherds. Why shepherds? Why did God come, send his angel to shepherds? Come on. Shepherds normally were smelly and stinky. I mean, and 
and they were just not the top of the heap. They were, you know, they, they were not even mid-class. Why shepherds? We'll tell you why I believe shepherds. This is my personal opinion. I cannot prove it here. This is my personal opinion. Because the shepherds were the only one that God knew would listen and respond to the words. Everybody else was too busy. Everybody else had too much going on. Everybody else had too much in their lives that they could not and would not respond. But you know what the shepherds did? It says, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go. Let us go straight to Bethlehem. Let us go now. Let us go immediately. Let us go without hesitation. And may I suggest to you, that's when you can celebrate. It's when God speaks to you and you say, I'm doing it now. What do you say when God speaks to you? What do you say when God speaks to you? The shepherd said, let's get up and go. And they got up and went. And when they did what God told them to do, watch this. Verse 16. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feed trough. And seeing them, and in that word seeing, that means experiencing. They saw him and experienced him, and they reported this message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. If we are going to share like the shepherd. If we are going to share like the shepherds, let me suggest three things to you. First of all, let us share. Let us share what we know. Let us share what we know. I'm going to pray for her. Would you bow with me? Father, I pray now that whatever the physical problem is, I pray that you'll move your hand in and you'll take care of it. We are so keenly aware that our bodies are so frail. And we know that when we become sick and when we become distracted with our physical, that it becomes frustrating for us. And I pray for Linda and her mother, and I pray that, you're, that you will bring some relief and healing to them right now. Lord, help us focus on you in your name. Amen. If there's to be a celebration of Christmas, we need to share like the shepherds. We need to share what we know. What did they know? Huh. Well, they knew that the angels had appeared to them. They knew that they had got up and followed the word of the angels, and they knew that they found everything just exactly like God had said. Isn't that amazing? May I say this to you today? You can still trust God. When he tells you something, he'll do it. When he tells you the way the road is, you can bank on it. Excuse the term, I guess that's a gambling term. You can put it in the bank because when God speaks, we can trust him. And may I say this to us? One of the reasons we don't celebrate Jesus or celebrate Christmas anymore like we should is because we've gotten so secular is that we've kind of discarded Jesus. You know, I, I'm amazed when I hear reports that people, that people are startled that Christmas trees can't be put up, that nativities can't be put up, other things can't be put up. Well, may I say this to us? If we would focus on Jesus and the nativity and what he's done more than one time a year, people might start listening to us.
You see, the, the shepherds went and they saw, and then they told what they saw. They experienced. What have you experienced and what have you shared even this week? The shepherds shared what they knew. Let us do the same. But let us share who we know. You know what? I asked us a while ago to repeat the name Jesus together. Why don't you do it again? Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Now, folks, don't let those three times. We're at the first of the week. Don't let those three times be the only time you speak the name Jesus this week. I have a book in my office entitled, What's Wrong with Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with Jesus. The name of Jesus divides. They'll tell you in the big, large, mass meetings these days, you can pray, but you can't use the name Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus threatens every kingdom and king on earth. Where is Jesus in your life? Can you share who you know because you know him well? May I just offer this to you? You can come and tell me about your best friend. You can come and tell me about your mate. You can come and tell me about your children because you know them so well. Why is it that we can't tell somebody about Jesus? There's going to be a celebration of Christmas. We have to... We have to share what we know. We have to share who we know. And number three, we have to share wherever we go. Wherever we go. Now, if we share what we know and we share who we know, wherever we go, we begin to tell folks about the the saving grace, the knowledge of Jesus. We tell them about, this is why we have Christmas. It's not Xmas. It's not a holiday time. It is Christ must. And when we share... Christ, all of a sudden, the baby in the manger becomes a big deal. All of a sudden, he gives us a reason to celebrate. I want to spur your attention this morning. And I want you to think like the parents. Why should there be a celebration of Christmas? Because it was only in this celebration of Christmas It was only in this celebration of Christmas that God came down. Isn't that interesting? That's the uh, title of the musical tonight, God Coming Down. It was only in the Christmas story that God came down once and for all. And he came down to save the world. Now, is that the way you'd have done it? I've thought about it. I don't know that if I'd have been God, I'd have done it that way. We've heard a long time God does things in strange ways. But never lose, never lose his object. That he wants to save you. He wants to save me. He wants to save the world. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Think about it from the mind of Joseph this morning. I knew he must have been surprised at where this road had taken him cause never in a million lives would he have dreamed of Bethlehem 
But standing by the manger, he saw with his own eyes the message of the angels come alive. And Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? And why here inside this stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. This is such a strange way to save the world. To think of how it could have been. Jesus had come as he deserved. There would have been no Bethlehem, no lowly shepherds at his birth. But Joseph knew the reason love had to reach so far. And as he held the baby in his arms, he must have said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? And why here inside this stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. This is such a strange way to say the word. Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. This is such a strange way to say the world. This is such a strange way. It's a strange way. This is such a strange way. To save the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It really is. Such a strange way to save you and me and this world. I want you to think about something today. If this world is to ever be changed, it will be changed because people sit, who sit in these pews decide that Jesus is truly the way. And if we decide Jesus is truly the way, 
we decide that Mary had it right when she said, I'm the Lord's. If there's to be celebration at Christmas, it'll be because we see like the parents saw. We sing like the angels sang. And we share like the shepherds shared. Because God, no matter how strange it is, how he wants to change our lives, he's still in control and capable of doing it. Let's pray together.